Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. Jeff Wickwire. Dr. Wickwire is the founding and senior pastor of Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. For more than 25 years, he's been known for his passionate and practical proclamation of the scriptures. This message is from the eight-part series, Why We Celebrate Christmas. Now here's Pastor Jeff with the message entitled, The Four Fear Nots of Christmas. Luke chapter 2. I want to just share with you a brief message that I just want to call the four fear knots of Christmas. The four fear knots of Christmas. In Luke chapter 2, verse 8, now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shined around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, say it with me, everybody, fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. How many of you can say that, well, since I got saved, I've dealt with fear? Fear is very common, isn't it? But I'm so thrilled to see that in the Christmas story, just the Christmas story itself, there are four fear nots. One of them was in the verses we just read. Did you know that the phrase fear not in the Bible is given 365 times, one for every day? Fear not, fear not. Every day, fear not. Don't let fear grip you. Don't let worry dominate you because something dominates everyone's day. Did you know that? Every day in your mind, Something dominates you. The first fear not came to the shepherds. I want you to imagine what it was like to be sitting in a field with all of your peers, with the guys, just keeping watch over a flock of sheep, and suddenly there is a light, like a UFO. And that light shines down. And suddenly, all around you, it is illuminated by a celestial presence. And suddenly there is an angel, a being, a creature. And I'm going to tell you something. A lot of the time I think angels are marginalized. We hear about people talking to angels, laughing with angels, dancing with angels, all this foolishness. When you see an angel from God, you hit the ground. They are fearful beings. When we read about them in the Bible, they're huge, powerful, majestic. They glow. The first thing you think when you see an angel is, am I in trouble? Suddenly there was an angel and a light shining around them. And they were terrified. The Bible says they were terrified to the extent that the angel said to them, fear not. The word used there is phobos, which we get phobia from. So they were trembling with dread. It wasn't just a little shaky. They were full of dread. But the angel said, I'm not here for judgment. I'm not here because you're in trouble. I don't want you to be afraid. And this is the first fear not in the Christmas story. Fear not because there is good news. I bring good news. The angel said to them, fear not. I bring you good tidings or good news 
of great joy which shall be to all people for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior here's the good news there is born in the city of David a Savior which is Christ the Lord and so I came to give you good news not bad news not dreaded news not ominous news good news I recently discovered a new fast-growing website called goodnews.com and the focus at goodnews.com is to only communicate good news when you go to goodnews.com all they have is headlines of good news it's good news and the reason they launched this website was based in part on a survey conducted among 1004 Americans and it showed that when people hear good news they feel better when they hear good news, if I told you, well, you know, the Lord really blessed us and I came with a $100 bill for every one of you, the atmosphere in here would go up and I'd probably get the best amen of the night. See, just thinking about it causes the same reaction. But this survey showed that when people hear good news, it affects them psychologically and physiologically. They feel better. 83% of those surveyed said they feel better about the goodness of people when they hear good news. 93% felt better about the generosity of others following good news. 90% felt better about the future, more positive about their future when they heard good news. I got to tell you something, folks. I have weaned myself off of most news because it's negative. Turn to any news channel, it's negative. Death, famine, plague, war, murder, rape, crisis. I mean, you can OD on news. No wonder so many people are depressed. If you only got your perspective of the world from the news, you would live blue and depressed because that's the picture they paint. But there is good news. Just look at goodnews.com. If you and your spouse would just get up in the morning and read the good news that is found in the Word of God, it would up that relationship. It would spike that relationship, help that relationship. Good news. The Bible says anxiety in a man's heart weighs it down. But good news cheers him up. How many of you like good news? What's the best news you've ever heard? Maybe you've gotten the good news of a raise. Maybe you've gotten the good news of a new job or a breakthrough you've waited a long time for and tremendous relief has swept over you because you heard good news. I remember the very good news when we were told that the snipers who had killed 10 people and wounded three others in the Washington area were finally caught. A great sigh of relief at the good news could be felt nationwide, but particularly in Washington. They took cameras out on the streets and interviewed people, and they were light and happier and relieved. Good news brought great relief. We've all seen the film footage of the massive celebrations of joy that took place all over the free world when the good news was announced that World War II was over. Hitler and the black threatening cloud of Nazism was gone. And it brought good news, people cheering in the streets. It was good news. It was incredibly good news. I can remember my dad telling me about this. When on April 12, 1955, it was announced that a vaccine for polio had been discovered. The crippling stalker 
that confined men, women, and children to iron lungs with withered limbs had been defeated. My dad, until they found that, lived in dread fear of contracting polio. But when that news came, he was so relieved. Listen, good news brings relief. We love good news. Now, what is the best news you've ever heard? I'm going to tell you what the best news is you've ever heard, whether or not you know it. The best news in the history of mankind is what the angel told the shepherds, that Jesus Christ came to save sinners. We don't have to fear the lurking killer of sin and death because the good news is Jesus put the devil under his feet and sin is washed away by the blood of the Lamb. That's good news. Good news. And if you let that soak in, I've been delivered from hell to heaven. I've been delivered from death to life. I've been delivered from darkness into light. That's good news. Nothing, no one could do that but Jesus Christ. We carry with us not bad news, not crazy news, not obnoxious news, but good news. You can be forgiven. You can be delivered. You can have your sins washed away. Jesus can come into your heart and your life and change you from the inside out. That is good news. And so the angels were saying this, in a world of bad news and calamity, fear not, Jesus has come. So that's the first fear not, fear not, good news has come. The second one, the second fear not in the Christmas story is fear not the humanly impossible. Fear not the humanly impossible. And it was directed to Mary the mother of Jesus. Luke 1.30 says, The angel said to Mary, Fear not, for you have found favor with God, and behold, you shall conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Then Mary said to the angel, and I can hear her, What do you mean I'm going to conceive? What do you mean? She said, how shall this be? This is humanly impossible. Seeing I know not a man. I haven't been intimate with a man. I'm betrothed, but we have not been intimate. And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon you. The Holy Ghost shall come upon you. And the power of the highest shall overshadow you. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born will be called the Son of God. His Father will not be earthly. His Father will be God to circumvent the curse of Adam's sin. His Father will be literally God. That's why he's called the Son of God. Not the creation of God, the Son of God. That just gave me goosebumps listening to the way the Bible describes the Holy Spirit overshadowing her. Because God said it will be a miraculous conception, an immaculate conception. A virgin shall conceive. How can this be, Lord? That's humanly impossible. But the second fear not a good one. Don't fear the humanly impossible. Because Mary certainly had a humanly impossible situation, a humanly impossible promise. But you know what, folks? When God speaks to you, when God tells you he's going to do a thing, when he tells you he's going to do something, it is almost always a wondrous thing. It is something that if God didn't do it, it would be humanly impossible. I can almost hear God saying, fear not, Mary, because I am in control. I'm in control. It may be humanly impossible, but all things are possible with God. 
You know, sometimes you can fear the will of God because it seems impossible. It seems impossible he's going to get you out of that debt. It seems impossible that he's going to give you a breakthrough in those relationships or that relationship in your life. It seems impossible that he's going to heal you. It seems impossible that he's going to deliver you from a habit. It seems impossible that your circumstances can be turned around from night to day, from hopeless to hopeful. It seems humanly impossible, but can I tell you, he only does wondrous things. That's all God does, wondrous things. If it's not wondrous, it probably wasn't God. God only does wondrous things. Many of today's realities were yesterday's impossibilities. A lot of what I'm walking in now, just earlier this year, seemed impossible. But you know what I found? When you say, Lord, that is humanly impossible, God says, that's right. Because when I do it, you're not going to be able to take credit for it. When I do it, you're going to say, praise his name. When I do it, you're going to say, it's true. He only does wondrous things. He doesn't do half-baked things. He doesn't do mediocre things. He only does wondrous things to behold. So the second fear not in the Christmas story is, fear not the humanly impossible. If you feel like it's impossible for you, then you are a candidate for an act of God. And I got news for you. God did not quit acting when Acts 28 closed. 1 Thessalonians 5:24 tells us, He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. It. What's it? Whatever the will of God is. It's an open check. Here's another one, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it. So what's it, pastor? Well, Whatever it is for you might not be what it is for me, but I do know this. It's whatever God's will is and what he's going to accomplish in your life. And when he does it, it's going to be wondrous. Where you step back and you go, he's real, he's real, he's real. I didn't think it was possible. If he had left you alone, it wouldn't be. At Christmas time and all year long, let's remember to fear not the humanly impossible. But there's a third fear not in the Christmas story, and it's the fear not of unanswered prayer. The fear not of unanswered prayer. It involves the birth of John the Baptist, the forerunner of Christ. He was born around the same time as Christ, and his birth was also in many ways miraculous. Listen to Luke 1.11. And there appeared to Zacharias. Now, as Zacharias is in the temple, he's in the Holy of Holies. He's offering a sacrificial offering, an annual offering. And suddenly now, here's another angelic visitation. An angel appears, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. Suddenly, there stands an angel. When Zacharias saw him, he was troubled. Fear fell upon him, just like it did the shepherds. He was quaking, shaking. Did I offer it wrong? Did I do something wrong? Did I step in here wrong? Have I done something against the clearly laid out plan of God for how you offer this offering. If I goof somehow, am I in trouble? And the angel said to him, fear not, Zacharias, your prayer is heard. Your prayer is heard. And your wife Elizabeth shall bear a son. And you will call his name John, and you will have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. Fear not, Christian friend. Listen, though he tarry, God answers prayer. See, Zacharias had an unanswered prayer. They had wanted a child all through their married years. Now they're 
on in years. They're in the twilight of their life. They are past childbearing years. And suddenly this angel appears and says, guess what? The prayer you've been praying all those years. Zacharias, you know what the prophet said. My time is not your time. My ways are not your ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. When I get ready to do a wondrous thing, it's not going to happen the way you thought it was going to happen. I'm not going to use who you thought I was going to use. It may not happen in any way that you have imagined, but I will cause it to happen. Zacharias, fear not. Your prayer is heard. I notice that God chose Mary because of her virtue. But God gave John to Zacharias and Elizabeth in answer to prayer. Anybody who knew them would have said, well, God's late. God hadn't answered you. God hadn't heard you. Because here you are, you're past childbearing, just like Abraham and Sarah. And there's no child. No, God was waiting for a time and a moment when the only explanation would be miraculous, wondrous. You're going to have a son, Zacharias. You're going to call his name John. Poor Zacharias didn't understand the word, power of words. He said, how in the world can this be? And God said, well, since you're filled with doubt, I'm not going to let you talk anymore till he's born. Thank you. Been real talking to you. Bye. And he came walking out of there unable to speak. Everybody, ooh, something happened in the temple. Suddenly Elizabeth, who's way past childbearing age, conceives and begins to become great with child. He never speaks for nine months until he says his name shall be John. Have you ever wondered if God is hearing what you're praying? Jeremiah 33, 3, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you have not known call to me. You know what that word call is in the Hebrew language? Call! It's not talking about being religious. O thou great God, wouldest thou, if thou couldest, answerest me? No, no. It is hell! I'm calling on you! And God says, when you call on me that way, here's what I'm going to do. Great and mighty things. Great and mighty things, great and mighty things which you have not even thought about. Paul said he's able to do exceeding, abundantly above all you can ask for or even think or imagine in your mind. Well, Pastor Jeff, you know I'm just not emotional. I'm quiet with my religion. You said it, it's religion. There's a difference between religion and Christianity. You know what it is? Religion is due, Christianity is done. Yeah, if you're religious, it's do this, do that. Do, 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 do this, do that. Go here, go there. Achieve this, achieve that. Always trying to reach God. But he who understands what Jesus has done says, you know what? It's not a matter of me doing. It's a matter of me accepting what is done. It's done. Our problem with prayer is that when God is preparing a great and mighty thing, it takes time. It doesn't arrive the way we thought it would, nor does God use the people we thought he would. Sometimes God comes in a way that we never expected or imagined or dreamed or envisioned. He, he does it in ways that we have not conceptualized, but he does it. He doesn't use the Ways and Means Committee we expected. With Zacharias and Elizabeth 
The answer to their prayer came in their later years in a totally unexpected way. They were past childbearing age, and an angel announced Elizabeth's conception. Fear not unanswered prayer. Trust the ways and the timing of God. Fear not unanswered prayer, because there's something cooking in heaven's oven you can't see. So fear not unanswered prayer. The last fear not is fear not present circumstances. Fear not present circumstances. Have you ever been distraught? How many of you in here have ever been distraught? Has the situation ever overwhelmed and confused you as to what way to react or what course of action to take? It can be a fearful thing even when you know God. You go, I hope I can hear him. I hope I'm understanding his wisdom. I hope I'm doing what he would want me to do because this is difficult because my circumstances have seemed to conspire against me. I don't know what to do. So many things have gone wrong. That's exactly what happened with Joseph, the husband of Mary. I want you to think about it. The birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise when as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph, engaged, betrothed, before they came together in physical union, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not can you imagine being Mary? You're pregnant. It was the Holy Ghost. Let's just get real here. Oh, it was the Holy Ghost. It was the Holy Ghost. An angel appeared to me. I'm really carrying God's Son. Oh, really? God's son. You? Mm-hmm. You know what I like about Mary? She left the whole issue with God. She didn't try to convince him of anything. Joseph, being a just man, not willing to make her a public example, which he could have done, was considering putting her away privately, breaking the engagement, walking away, putting her somewhere private to have the child and see a Mary. While he considered these things, behold, the angel of the Lord, here's another angel, appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, fear not to take unto you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she will bring forth a son. You will call his name Jesus, and he will save his people from their sins. Joseph believed God and took Mary to be his wife and helped her nurtured her and cared for her through the whole pregnancy. Mm-mm-mm. The circumstances in Joseph's life made no sense at all. But God said, here's what you do. And I'm going to leave this word with you tonight. Joseph, here's what you do. You start looking for Jesus. You just start focusing, Joseph, on Jesus. He's coming. He's going to be born. He's going to be the Savior of the world. And you're going to be there. And I want you focusing on Jesus. And when he arrives, it's all going to make sense. Folks, listen. When you're in circumstances, you cannot understand. It seems like everything has turned against you. And you can say with the patriarch who said, all these things are against me. Here's what you do. You give it to him, and then you start looking for Jesus to show up in that situation. It may take some time. You just hang on and keep 
looking for Jesus. He knows what you're going through. He knows what has come against you. He knows what is attacking you. He knows what is humanly impossible. He knows what you can and cannot do. He knows how your faith is stretched. He knows how you're being tested. He knows all of it. And I'm telling you, he is preparing to show up on the scene just like Joseph did. Keep looking for Jesus. Jesus, I cast this onto you. I give you this problem. I'm not going to let it eat me alive. I'm not going to let it chew on me. I give this thing to you. I cast all my cares upon the Lord for I know he cares for me. I roll my burden upon the Lord and I leave my burden with the Lord and I do not take it back to myself. I'm going to wait for Jesus. Because here's Joseph. He waited for Jesus to show up and when that baby was born, suddenly there are wise men, there are shepherds, there is celebration, there is confirmation, there is affirmation. All that had been confusing and perplexing was settled by the appearance of Jesus. Fear not present circumstances. So I want you to say the four fear nots with me. Fear not, there is good news. Fear not the humanly impossible. Fear not seemingly unanswered prayer. And fear not present circumstances. I've started saying a little thing to myself. When you look around you at present circumstances and they're not really going your way, you say, that's the way it is today. That's the way it is today. But there is a suddenly with God. That's the way it is today, but that doesn't mean a thing because God's in the spirit world working. So that's the way it is today, but that is not necessarily the way it's going to be tomorrow. And if it is, that's the way it'll be tomorrow. But my God is moving and he is sovereign. So I'm not gonna let it overwhelm me. That's the way it is today. And so I'm just gonna leave it with him today and leave tomorrow with him also because suddenly God can move. Thanks for listening to this message by Dr. Jeff Wickwire. We trust that it has encouraged, challenged, and taught you truths you can walk out on a daily basis. For more information about Pastor Jeff and Turning Point Church, or to find more great teaching like this, log on to www.tpcfamily.org. Remember that the Word of God abides forever.